Welcome to the brand new Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, the official podcast of the New York Yankees AA affiliate Somerset Patriots. And the Patriots have won it! Somerset! My name is Mark Schwartz. On this show, I'll cover all things Somerset Patriots and New York Yankees, from the organizational structure all the way down to the prospects, the AA Northeast League, and everything in between. A pleasant hello and welcome to the brand new Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz and thank you so much for tuning in. Well, it's a new day in the world of the Somerset Patriots, so we figured we'd change things up a bit with the podcast. Uh, We have officially rebranded last year's show, which was formerly known as the Something Patriots podcast, and renamed it the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Because as we enter the 2021 season, the Somerset Patriots are now the official AA affiliate of the New York Yankees. Pretty big stuff, right? I know. I haven't even really gotten a chance to talk too much about it since the announcement um, all the way back on on November 7th uh, when things became official. But things around here have been pretty crazy um, since then. So a couple of things to know about the new show before we really get started here. Um, Number one, uh, the show will now cover, in addition to everything regarding the Somerset Patriots, uh, we'll also cover the New York Yankees, their farm system, uh, their top prospects, uh, the new league in which the Patriots will play, uh, now known as the AA Northeast League, uh, their new opponents in the Northeast League, uh, and anything else that we could squeeze into an hour-long episode uh, from the world of minor league baseball. Each episode uh, this offseason, so really for the next eight weeks or so until uh, opening day, on Tuesday, May 4th, against the Harrisburg Senators. Uh, every episode during the offseason will air on the voice of Central Jersey uh, and the official radio home of Somerset Patriots Baseball, 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com, from 6 to 7 p.m. every Thursday night. Uh, the online version of the podcast will be made available Friday morning, so the day after it airs on WCTC, uh, and it'll be made available on SomersetPatriots.com and popular streaming platforms for podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Now, the podcast uh, will continue once the season gets started, uh, with online episodes likely available, I'm, I'm thinking, on Mondays, uh, because as the season progresses, at least for 2021, uh, every Monday is an off day for the team. So it would make sense that that would be an opportunity to reset the podcast and, and set up the next week with the uh, next uh, batch of games coming against a new opponent. So that's what we're looking at uh, roughly once the season gets started as well. We're going to bring in uh, a number of fun guests. That is the goal with this show. Uh, The first couple of shows will focus uh, really internally on the Patriots organization and their preparations for the 2021 season still amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. So certainly a lot going on uh, to try to get the ballpark ready and safely prepared for this upcoming season. Uh, So a lot of conversations with different members of the Patriots organization to see uh, exactly how we're taking some steps to get ready for this season. Uh, And we'll talk to some different department heads as well, uh, from marketing to ticketing to operations uh, to communications as well to see everything that goes into what this new affiliation with the Yankees will look like. Uh, And then from there, we will shift our focus uh, 
back to the New York Yankees organization and specifically we'll shift our focus towards their prospects uh, and begin highlighting uh, some of the new players that we anticipate getting into Somerset this year and then also some of the new teams that the Patriots will play in the Northeast League this year as well. Uh, the lone exception to that, and we'll get into it, is the uh, the New York Mets AA affiliate, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. But that, that'll be covered a little bit later in the show. Uh, but all the while, we're going to work to bring in fun, informative guests to help provide a fuller picture on what this new affiliation with the Yankees means and what fans can expect moving forward. So that, that, that's our goal in regards to guests. Um, so for our first episode of the new podcast, we will explore exactly how this partnership with the New York Yankees came to be, uh, what the Patriots organization now looks like, and, and what information we have today in regards to the 2021 season. We'll also provide a bit of an overview on the different teams that the Patriots uh, now can say are their opponents uh, for 2021 season and all of their future seasons as a New York Yankees affiliate. Uh, And to help make sense of all of this, uh, we wanted to start at the top of the Patriots front office with our first guest. So later in the show, you'll hear my exclusive sit-down interview with Somerset Patriots team president slash general manager Patrick McVeary. But for now, let's provide an update as to where we are currently at heading into the 2021 season. Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes, sir! Woo! <laughs> well, some, some things never change, and, and one of those for sure is our director of ticketing, Nick Chirillo's enthusiasm for Somerset Patriots baseball. In fact, that has only really been emboldened further with the uh, new Yankees affiliation because, as many of you probably know from following our team's social media accounts, uh, Nick is a pretty massive New York Yankees fan. So I wanted to make sure that we kept that clip in the pod uh, moving forward. We had it in the last pod, so had to be in this one as well. Uh, but that actually brings me to my first note on what the Patriots are going to look like right now and look like moving forward. Uh, I'll let Patrick McVeary in our interview to follow uh, provide a little more details uh, on exactly how the new affiliation came to be. Uh, but in terms of what the Patriots organization looks like now, uh, pretty much everything is the same. Uh, there's no changes to our front office. So all of the familiar faces that you've seen walking around the ballpark here, whether they be in our ticket office or in our press box or uh, walking around, all of those faces that you've grown to know within the Somerset Patriots organization, uh, all of those faces are the same. Uh, The Yankees aren't coming in and making any huge business decisions or staffing decisions uh, for us. We're still in charge of all of those day-to-day operations uh, within the team. Uh, The Yankees don't make any of our ticket decisions as well, so uh, anything in regards to uh, ticket pricing or season ticket locations or or anything along the lines of ticketing uh, still runs through the Somerset Patriots. Uh, So I know I've seen some social media comments with a little bit of fears about the Yankees uh, coming in here and changing everything that has made the Patriots successful for so long. Uh, That's simply not the case. 
Uh, the Patriots front office is still the same as it was uh, last year during the COVID-19 pandemic when we put on that 13-game Somerset Professional Baseball Series. Uh, it's still the same as it was in all of the years of independent baseball. I mean, we have vice presidents here uh, that have worked for 15, 18, 19, 20, 22, 23 seasons uh, with the team, and they have not gone anywhere. So uh, the structure of the organization has not changed. Uh, the ownership of the organization has not changed either. Uh, the team is still owned by the Califer family. Uh, Steve Califer is the chairman emeritus. His sons, Josh and Jonathan Califer, are still the co-chairman of the organization. So they're the ones that are really at the top still making uh, all of these decisions. Uh, there's no quote-unquote Yankee money uh, that's being provided for any of the changes that we have going on here. I mean, there's a number of renovations. There's all of these different plans that we have to make sure that we have uh, a top-notch facility moving forward. And the Califer family um, has been gracious enough where they're the ones that are footing a lot of the bill uh, to upgrade the facilities here. It's not the Yankees coming in uh, and doing any of that. It's, it's the Califer family, and it's still just our management here for the Somerset Patriots that are really making and still continuing to make all of the decisions uh, moving forward. Um, I'm still the team's radio broadcaster, so there's nobody uh, new that's coming in that's being assigned by the Yankees or Major League Baseball, so I still feel fortunate uh, to be the team's broadcaster. Uh, really, the only things that uh, that are going to change in regards to the Somerset Patriots are going to be the players and coaches that are on the field. Uh, so when you come to the ballpark, everything will still look and feel the same. You're going to walk through the gates. You're still going to have, uh, you know, that smell of the hot dogs, of of the fresh grass that that was just cut, uh, the popcorn as well, the soda, the beer. All of that is still going to be the same. And, and, you know, the environment that the Somerset Patriots have provided for so long, I mean, think about how successful the organization has been dating back to when the ballpark first opened in 1999 and through the 2019 season. Uh, all of those things that have made this ballpark, that have made this organization successful, that have made that feel of coming out to the game uh, so real, so accessible for so many people in the community, uh, all of that is staying the same. None of that's changing. Really, the only difference is that the players and the coaches that are going to be on the field are going to be assigned by the New York Yankees. So you're going to be seeing top prospects come in uh, from the Yankees organization. You're going to be seeing top prospects on road teams coming in from organizations like the Mets, the Phillies, the Red Sox, the Orioles, uh, a number of local organizations, the Pirates, the Phillies. I mean, I could, I could go through all of them. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of top prospects coming in, which is really exciting. Uh, there's going to be opportunities to see Yankee players on rehab appearances, which, you know, we want to make sure that the Yankee players are as healthy as possible. But if they do have to come through Somerset for a couple of days, uh, those are going to be very exciting opportunities uh, for fans to see major league guys playing uh, in a community ballpark here in Central Jersey, right across the street from a Target and a Home Depot. Uh, so, so those will be very exciting opportunities, and and that's really the only things that that'll be really noticeably different in terms of coming into the ballpark. Uh, you know, and and that said, uh, one of the unfortunate changes that that comes with uh, the Yankee affiliation is is losing some of those players and coaches that we've all grown so familiar with that have all been you know such a big part of the fabric of this community. I mean, Sparky Lyle will still be the manager emeritus of the team and he'll be at every home game health willing. Uh, but there will be some familiar faces that are unfortunately no longer on the team. Uh, so I did want to take a quick second to thank uh, longtime coach and manager, Brett Jody, 
uh, who all in all spent 17 seasons uh, with the Somerset Patriots, including the last eight as the team's manager. Uh, so I want to thank Brett for everything that he did for this team and this community. Also want to point out a couple of key players that had become fan favorites that I know from my own experience talking to fans really loved some of these guys. Uh, of course, Scott Kelly's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, Jovan Gonzalez, Justin Pacioli, David Kubiak, uh, and so many more guys um, that were ticketed to still be a part of this Somerset Patriots organization um, and guys that I know that our fans really loved. Uh, it will be different without a lot of those guys here, uh, but I can promise you that the next wave of Yankee prospects uh, that'll be coming through these doors on their way eventually to the major leagues are going to be just as exciting and going to be just as fulfilling uh, watching them play baseball on the field. There's also uh, some renovations that are going to maybe look a little different for people as they come to the ballpark, but these are all really exciting things. Uh, this includes work on our new home bullpen uh, located down the right field line. Uh, there's going to be upgrades to the dugouts. There's going to be a couple of new buildings that are going to be here at the ballpark as well, including a brand new uh, building that's going to house retractable batting cages in a 4,300-square-foot indoor multi-purpose facility that extends a little bit out towards the red lot next to our first base gate. That's a very exciting uh, addition that we're going to have here at TD Bank Ballpark. Uh, there's going to be a new gym area for the players as well. Uh, we have a new scoreboard computer and new cameras coming in that's going to provide for new graphics and the ability for the first time in the history of this ballpark to have instant replay on the scoreboard as well. So all of that's very exciting. Uh, there's going to be new padding on all of the interior walls for the field, so if you think about that first level of the outfield fence, uh, all of that's going to be padded, and then all of the interior walls, so going down both the first and third base lines and behind home plate, that initial wall, all of that is going to get brand new padding as well. So a lot of those renovations are certainly exciting. And work is also continuing uh, from every department within the Patriots to make sure the TD Bank ballpark will be a safe environment uh, for everyone who enters its gates every year, but especially this year still with the pandemic ongoing. Uh, the team's COVID-19 readiness plan actually worked perfectly last year uh, for the Somerset Professional Baseball Series, uh, that 13-game series played during the 2020 summer, and, and updated plans to adhere to both uh, New Jersey State guidelines, Major League Baseball guidelines are currently being finalized as well. So I anticipate more information on the specifics of those plans will probably be announced closer to the start of the 2021 season, but they are being worked on. Uh, but for now, let's actually go to uh, my interview uh, with Somerset Patriots team president slash general manager Patrick McVeary, uh, who goes a little further into detail about uh, how the new partnership with the Yankees came to pass and what this season will look like. And welcome back to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz, and today I have the pleasure of being joined alongside the president slash general manager of the Somerset Patriots, Mr. Patrick McBerry. How are you doing, Pat? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, this is the first episode of our new rebranded podcast, so figured where else to start than with the president general manager. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so obviously there's a lot going on, um, you know. In case you didn't know, in case our fans didn't know, the, the Somerset Patriots are now the newest AA affiliate of the New York Yankees. So when I say that, Pat, what's the first thing 
that comes to your mind? In fact, when you just said it, it was incredible. Uh, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind, the word incredible. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we did not see this coming, and, and we are honored um, that the Yankees chose the Patriots, and we'll talk a little bit more about how that happened. Yeah, well, so the process is an interesting one. I mean, it goes back a, a decent amount of time, and uh, you know, when we're looking at 2020 as a whole, it was an odd year. The Somerset Patriots organization had to uh, do a lot of creative things to make sure that, you know, we still stayed intact and we had baseball and we put on a nice show for the community, but sort of nestled in the oddities of the 2020 year uh, were these conversations and this potential interest with the New York Yankees looking into the Somerset Patriots as a partner. Um, can you expand a little bit on, on what those conversations looked like at the beginning stages? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> obviously last year about this time is when, you know, COVID the pandemic kind of took over this country. So there was so much uncertainty with our, our season um, and, and what was going to happen in March and April. And, you know, so there's so much worry. And then you kind of get more of a you know, clarity as you hit May that this is, you know, our season's probably in jeopardy. Um, I would say that May to the end of May was, uh, for me personally, I was extremely concerned, uh, not just for the Patriots, but, um, you know, the country in general. Um in our outlook for the summer. And, you know, we had some, some ideas that we would, we, if the season was canceled at that point um, that we would do, but you know, the, uh, we knew that would be an uphill battle with the uh, limited capacity for the, uh, for the ballpark. So uh, I'm sitting uh, at home. I think it was, you know, right the Friday, right before Memorial day. And I got an email from uh, Kevin Reese, who was uh, with the New York Yankees. And he had asked if uh, um, he could, he could come down to the ballpark and take a look at it and um, didn't really give too much specifics with that. Just uh, hey, Patrick, this is Kevin Reese. Um, funnily, we actually had a player here, Kevin Reese, years ago who was a pitcher. I'm like, oh, Kevin Reese, that's odd. But <laughs> I looked further, it wasn't the same guy. Um, and anyway, so I, I reached back out to him uh, the next uh, – I had got that email late, so I called him the morning uh, down in Florida. He's down in Tampa. Uh, we chatted. He talked about how – uh, the Somerset Patriots have such a great uh, reputation nationally, and uh, he heard, has heard great things about our organization, uh, the ballpark, the area, all these things. And uh, just him telling me all this, I was like, well, okay, what is going on here? Like, you know, uh, but it was exciting, you know, just to hear that from somebody like him that, you know, our re reputation is, is national. So uh, he had asked if he could come to the ballpark um, for a walk around. And um, actually, it wasn't him specifically. He had asked if a couple of the Yankee staff could. Uh, come to the ballpark and walk around because he was in Tampa. So uh, absolutely, when would you like to come? Again, that was Saturday. And he's like, how's tomorrow? <laughs> and now I remember uh, at the time, you know, we as a staff had not really been in the ballpark um, at all. We were all remote. Um, the ballpark remained re relatively untouched up to that point. Uh, everything, you know, around you know, as far as cleanliness and just organizations. So we gathered a group of our, our fine staff. We, we hustled in here on a Saturday. Uh, cleaned the place up, and the reason we did that, um, because one of those two people that was coming was Brian Cashman. Uh, once you hear Brian Cashman's coming. Yeah, pretty big name. Big name, big name. Uh, and um, I told the Califers, and we had Steve, Josh, and Jonathan here to greet Brian. And um, so on Sunday when Brian came, uh, he walked around and was really taken back how beautiful the ballpark was. Um, he, he was, you know, I was like, oh, I mean, we're in off-season mode. But he's like, no, this place is gorgeous. Loved our field. He was very um, 
one thing I'd say about the field as he walked around, and mind you, you got to think about the field was not uh, used up to that point, um, and Dan had hustled and made it look game ready. His comment was, this field is major league quality, is what he said to me. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, and I think he really kind of, at that point, was like, okay, let's walk around. He really got serious. So we walked around, and he saw the other parts of the ballpark, and um, he sat down with our owner, who they actually had a relationship previously um, and uh, had known each other for years. Sat down for about 30 minutes. It was more cordial. They left, and at that point, you know, we don't really know what's going on. Yeah. I had heard that they had visited some other ballparks, too. Um, they were kind of just shopping around as the reorganization of minor league baseball throughout the country, and uh, this is their opportunity to see some other ballparks. So I didn't really know how serious they were until they called about a few weeks later and asked if they could come back. And uh, Like a second interview. Almost. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> with different people. You know, uh, It wasn't Brian the second time. Uh, so actually Kevin came. Uh, Kevin Reese flew up. Um, Matt Ferry, um, who lives in Jersey, he, he came down. So it was now, uh, so these guys walk around. They have specific things they wanted us to uh, upgrade and change, renovate um, as they, you know, as they're walking around. Okay, you can, you know, you'd have to do this, you'd have to do this. You know, we're like, wow, this is you know, obviously something that we would be willing to do anything uh, if they are interested to get them here, to come here. So we had no issues with anything they said. You know, we were willing to, and I would say the Califers were willing to uh, spend money uh, in any parts of this ballpark to upgrade them to a double A AA Yankees prospect needs. You know, that was the thing. He, he would, and Steve had said this at the time, I want this to be the best place in all of the country for prospects. Um, and he's committed to that. So, you know, as the summer progressed, obviously we were dealing with many things with movie nights, the New Jersey Blasters for the Somerset Patriots, concerts, all this stuff just to keep ourselves busy. Uh, the Yankees kept staying in touch, staying in touch, um, you know, periodically, you know, over a few weeks. Uh, we had hoped at that time, you know, in July, August, that we had heard something. We heard something about what's going to happen. But then we got the idea that, okay, that, that uh, PDL contract expires September 30th. They said they probably won't make a decision in sometime until October. Um, things got really quiet September, October. Um, and then all of a sudden, really, I mean, it was early November when um, we got the word, and uh, it was crazy. So the word came out on, I believe it was November 7th, which was Saturday, and it was the same day that Joe Biden was elected president. <laughs> oh, well, I had gotten the votes in the sure. Electoral College, so it was, uh, there was a lot going on. At what point during the fall did this really become a reality? Did it shift from a possibility to, well, you know, this is, this might actually happen? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because um, there are so many peaks and valleys and mountains to climb throughout this whole thing, you know, so it was, it was really an interesting process. And um, I really have to credit Steve because he and I, you know, spoke probably two, three times a week um, and just do the little things of how to, recruit, you know, if you will, the Yankees, you know, and how to um, make sure that we stay at the top of their mind and don't forget about us, you know. And one of the comments that Kevin Reese uh, made to, to me uh, on November 7th, and a congratulations, this and that, he goes, you know, you guys did everything right, you know. And he goes, and we're talking, I was talking with uh, a couple of the other guys here, and it was very similar in how we went after Garrett Cole. 
uh, he, you know, he had the similarities of how we, we felt like we did everything right to get him. And you guys did everything right um, to acquire the Yankees AA affiliate. So I felt really good about that. But to answer your question, there were so many times uh, we felt like this thing was dead. And there was times like, okay, they seemed really interested and it kind of went quiet again. So it was really up and down. Um, so it's hard to really pinpoint where I felt really good. I know it was probably, you know, late October, early November, you know, right that, you know, last week, October, I remember thinking this is not going to happen. You know, I felt like, yeah, okay, you know, it's okay. We'll go back to the Atlantic League and be happy. We're successful. We've had a great run and we'll continue that, you know. Right? So we always had to get ready for that. Um, and then things heated up that week of same time of the election. You're right. Yeah, same time. So the announcements made November 7th, I believe we had our press conference here at TD Bank Ballpark on a beautiful November day. We lucked out with how great the weather was. I think that was November 10th, I want to say, and we had a, no right. a number of local dignitaries here. Joe Torrey was here. Willie Randolph was here. John Sterling made the opening remarks. And then after that point, there's a bit of a lull in just in the sense of the public where everyone's waiting for information to come out. Right. And eventually, Major League Baseball makes the announcement on which 120 teams were invited into this restructure in early December. And then there's these conversations about the PDLs and having to sign and having to accept invitations and all, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, can you walk some of our listeners through the period of time between when the announcement was made and the official PDL was signed in early February and some of the conversations that took place during that period of time. Yeah, sure. So if you recall, um, you know, with with our particular um, announcement, it, it was announced early. You know, we were well before uh, just about all the other teams. Uh, the story is basically broke, um, um, which in a lot of ways was essentially a good thing for us because uh, it kind of gave us a little extra time in process uh, uh, this whole change. So, yeah, so right after the announcement, um, uh, the Yankees was was public. Uh, you know, the next I'd say next few months were I'd say a little bit I would say chaotic, but it was <laughs> it was it was it was challenging. You know, it was definitely challenging just because of the change in understanding what the PDL was. Now we didn't really understand what the previous PDL was. You know, so we were trying to um, understand all of that stuff, and then they sent over the PDL, and it, honestly, it's it's so much information, it's overwhelming. Um, so, you know, you have, you know, you have our attorneys and you have the ownership uh, read through it um, and understanding that as an independent, we did anything we wanted, really. I mean, you, obviously, you, you, you abide by the Atlantic League rules and regulation bylaws, but, you know, you kind of do what you want to do. You don't really have a, a much governance as far as uh, telling you you can use this logo or not this logo. So understanding all of that uh, was was it's going to is going to be a big change. And, and, you know, up to that point where we signed it, I felt the transition for us uh, probably in, in some ways may have gone better for us than other teams because they were used to a specific way for I don't know how long was that. I mean, oh, probably a hundred years, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, since the the original yeah. national and it changes, associate, yeah, every ten years, but re relatively to a uh, hundred years of of of, of a relationship. Um, so they were more like pinpointing specific things where we were just everything was new to us. So it wasn't as big of a, uh, I guess, uh, under the the understanding of of the change was probably a little easier for us because it was such a huge change. And so in, in that, it probably was easier. So 
you've had, I guess we could say, the privilege and also in some respects the burden of being one of the point people for the Somerset Patriots with all of this information coming to you. There's been a lot that's put on your plate, um, and there's been a lot of people that have reached out, a lot of teams, Major League Baseball contacts that have reached out. What has the reception been like from your perspective on how people perceive the Somerset Patriots and this new affiliation opportunity? Yeah, that, that's a great question because I, I can say that when the announcement happened, you know, you really wonder how people view you, you know, because, you know, we're kind of in our little bubble here. Uh, we know what we do. Um, we know that we feel pretty confident of the product that we deliver for our fans. Um, but outside of maybe our area, like really, what do people think of us? You know, so it was interesting because um, I got some some nice phone calls and emails, congratulatory emails from phone calls from teams throughout the country. You know, and I was really wondering what that reception may be because of being independent for so long. And um, if you want to call it the renegade, you know, uh, uh so, you know, from that end, you know, it was it was it was really pleasing to hear people comment on on the Somerset Patriots organization. So one of the th first things I did was reach out to every single of the uh, uh, operators of, of the teams in the Eastern League or now the Northeast League and um, introduce myself. And, and I, had, I, mean, I can tell you, I mean, to a, to a guy, every single person was wonderful to talk to. And all of them have been there many years and all had great things to say about our organization. And some had been here. And um, they, they love what we do. Uh, they love our social content, our reputation. And uh, they, they were really excited about us joining. So you've had all these great conversations with members of the Eastern League, now the AA Northeast League. And sort of like the, the Patriots are the new kids on the block. And we're just coming from the Atlantic League where – one of the founding members of the Atlantic League, been around since 1998, sort of looked at from a lot of other teams in the league and in independent baseball as a bit of a gold standard. So what's that transition felt like so far, and how do you anticipate that transition to continue to feel from independent baseball in the Atlantic League to now AA Northeast League? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, we were part of the Atlantic League, as you mentioned, a founding member, and... Uh, you know, for me personally, even for our staff here is like, we were the gold standard of the Atlantic League. And, and I say that in with pride, but also just like we were the, the go-to for questions, historical questions, questions how we operate, questions how this works or that works. Me personally, you know, with the new GMs have come and gone and, um, you know, they would call and just for advice, this and that. So I always felt like, you know, we were the leaders, um, the Patriots, myself of uh, kind of the, I was the, I was the longest tenured Atlantic League employee, um, I believe, um, you know, as we left. So, you know, th there's a lot that goes with that. And I say that with just myself, but also a handful of other people here. You know, we were all the longest tenure. So it was this kind of feeling of we were the yeah, big fish in a small pond. And, you know, now we're a fish in, in, with, in a huge pond, a lake or an ocean, you know. So <laughs> uh, that's going to be a big difference. Uh, and it's one of the things I spoke with when I spoke to each of those Northeast uh, GMs and presidents was I'm so used to being that guy to answer questions. Um, now I'm probably going to be the guy that asked the questions, you know, and they were all for it. So that's going to be a big transition. All right, let's look at the 2021 season. And of course, there's a lot of oddities that are going into this upcoming season with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. And hopefully that comes to a close sooner rather than later uh, with the potential uh, vaccine distributions increasing in the coming weeks and months. 
but you know, there's an anticipation that there's going to be a limited capacity at the start of this season, and we'll see what that number is. Right now, according to uh, New Jersey government, uh, it's 15% for outdoor venues of 5,000 or plus, which we fall into that category, and we hope that number increases. Uh, but I think a lot of fans have questions about what they can anticipate at TD Bank Ballpark this year in terms of tickets, in terms of season tickets, capacity. Uh, what information can you share at this point uh, for fans in regards to the 2021 season? Sure, yeah. Listen, it's, it's going to be a kind of wait and see in a lot of ways because um, of the capacity restrictions, you know. So I, I do, uh, the optimism in me says we will be at uh, 25% or above um, when the season starts. Um, I've heard that from a few people. So, you know, I think we will be in a situation where, similar to last year, where all our, you know, COVID protocols are in place. We showed last year that we were able to operate safely. Um, and the fan experience, although changed, uh, I think they people really appreciated being out here to watch a minor league baseball game. You know, this year with an increased capacity, obviously we can fit a lot more people. Last year we were 500. I think about 25%, we're probably getting close to about 2,000 or so. Uh, that's the hope. Um, and, you know, obviously with the protocols given to us by Major League Baseball, we are limited to some degree um, on with the six-foot rule probably until they tell us otherwise. So despite what New Jersey may say, we still will be limited with that six-foot rule uh, in face masks um, as you're sitting, if you're not eating or drinking. Uh, which hopefully will increase our concession sales so people will constantly go up to get food and drinks. But, um, you know, I think this year with season tickets, which has been unbelievable, the amount of season ticket deposits and interest level has reminds me of back, actually reminds me of 1998 into the 99 season with the interest level of, of people buying season tickets. Uh, it's very similar, um, the excitement. This is with the unknown of the season to some degree, right? And people are still committed. So I see, I see next year, 2022, being even bigger. Uh, but this year, we're going to limit, at some point, our season ticket holder number per game. So we, we we're going to leave individual tickets uh, available, make sure they're available for each game. I don't know what that number is, because that's going to be strictly based on capacity. Well, over 1,100 new season ticket deposits ever since the Yankee news broke, which is uh, truly a remarkable number. Uh, and I think a lot of our fans will be happy to hear uh, that there will be some individual tickets available for games. Now, of course, like you said, that'll be limited, and I'm sure they're going to sell like hotcakes, similar to when we were selling uh, movie tickets at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, you look at last year, even with the Blasters versus Patriots, yes, right? I yes. mean, we would put those tickets on weekly, uh, on for sale weekly, and they would sell out within 30 minutes. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful that's the case. You know, it's really gonna depend on how many are available. Um, but listen, like I said, you know, if we can get 2,000, we can easily fit 2,000 people in here and, um, and still, you know, abide by all those protocols. And I spoke with um, Home Plate uh, Catering Hospitality General Manager, uh, Mike McDermott, and sounds like we're going to have most of our concessions operational. We're going to have carts. We're going to have beer carts. There are going to be some food carts, and then both first base and third base concessions will be open, which I think is exciting for our fans. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we were going. I was going through that yesterday with Mike and how we're setting things up. We're going to change up the fun zone a little bit. We're going to limit the number of games uh, considerably, so we're going to be able to uh, kind of spread out the concessions to make sure everybody's kind of socially distanced. But even in the concession stands, we're going to have uh, we'll have all of them open. We'll have it make sure the lines are efficient and obviously abide by the protocols. 
set forth. So um, I see that part of the business uh, being very, very successful this year from the standpoint of a fan because I think people are really looking forward to coming out and having that hot dog, you know, hamburger, mm-hmm. beer, soda, whatever it may be, and just sitting in here watching the baseball game. So that will be one of those things that uh, is going to be very exciting. Oh, it certainly is. And I'll, I'll let you go on this. The future of the Somerset Patriots. Now, this is, of course, very exciting to have the affiliation with the Yankees. Um, all of us here with the Patriots, we're not blind. We see a lot of the comments and you know some of the concerns that some fans might have about losing that independent nature and, and going with an affiliate with the Yankees. Um, but with all of the renovations that are coming into this ballpark and all of the excitement that surrounds the team, uh, what do you expect this new affiliation to mean for the future outlook of the Somerset Patriots? And can you touch a little bit upon the idea that even though the Patriots are now affiliated, that the experience within the ballpark when fans come here isn't going to really look too different to what it had been when the team was independent from 98 through 2019? Yeah, that has been a very, very common question. You know, and I tell you, one thing happened uh, after this announcement uh, took place back in, in early November. Um, people thought that the Yankees organization was taking over the Patriots in the in the essence of our staff, right? So they were going to come in and you know I would be out of a job. I actually had people send me like uh, I'm sorry to hear this <laughs> emails. <laughs> I was like, well, was, you know something I don't know, but um, yeah, because they thought the Yankees were replacing the Patriots, which is not going to happen. I say that because to answer your question. The Somerset Patriots staff uh, create we create the experience here, right? And that experience is not going to change. Um, people are still going to have the giveaway items, the in-game promotions. Um, you know, it's still going to be a lot of fun. The fun zone, the food, everything is going to be. The only difference, and it's a great, great difference, is the players on the field are going to be Yankee prospects, which is super exciting. Um, so we'll still be going to yell Somerset and wait for the fans <laughs> to yell Patriots. We'll have our you know seventh inning stretch, the Cotton Eye Joe. All that stuff is not going to change. Um, the experience probably from one year to the next, if you're not a diehard baseball fan, you just come out for the experience, it's not going to change at all, really. I mean, I don't really think, because I think I always looked at the Atlantic League as a double-A, triple-A level of, of talent. Um, but the Yankees prospect, these are guys that are going to play at the Bronx. Um, there's going to be the next Derek Jeter um, out there, you know. So that's what's super exciting, I'm sure, for you, for myself, for our fans, that they're going to be out here witnessing history in the making. Um, to see a kid that's 18, 19, 20, that in 10 years may be one of the greatest uh, Yankees of all time, that's something special. So. That's going to change, but the actual experience, in-game experience, what you see here at a Patriots game is going to be awesome. It always has been and always will be. And, you know, the occasional rehab appearance won't hurt either. That will, Yeah, we, <laughs> I mentioned that uh, to the baseball guys. Uh, they don't like talking that. They don't like talking <laughs> rehabs, you know. Uh, but that is going to happen too, and that is exciting because, you know, it's just, it's just obviously just the nature of baseball that is going to happen. Um, where they're going to say, and we're the closest ballpark to the Bronx. So I, I told them, we're, we're the most convenient. I'll go pick them up. <laughs> we got the train right outside of the exactly. uh, left field fence. Yeah. I said, I, I'd go and pick them up personally. So, <laughs> um, But if that does happen, and obviously we don't want that to happen because uh, we want everybody to stay healthy. But if it does, you know, that is something that you, know, you look at the history of, of affiliated 
uh, minor league teams, and when you have that uh, rehab assignment, um, you know, it gets really exciting. Well, Pat, uh, it's really exciting to be Somerset Patriot right now. A lot going on. We're currently sitting in the press box, and we're overlooking renovation being done actively to the field, underneath the ballpark, to our, our bullpen down the right field line as well. So a lot of exciting stuff. I know that you're a very busy man, so I appreciate your time today and uh, less than two months until May 4th, opening day when the Harrisburg Senators come to TD Bank Ballpark. Can't wait. Can't wait, and I look forward to having our fans here again, and we'll see you in, a, in a, about six, seven weeks. All right. Thanks, Pat. All right. Thanks, Mark. We're back on the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. A special thanks to this week's guest, Patrick McVeary. Before we go, I did want to provide a quick rundown on who the Patriots' new opponents will be uh, now that they are members of the AA Northeast League. Uh, for minor league baseball fans, uh, a lot of these team names might sound familiar to you. Uh, for strictly Atlantic League fans, these might be new teams for you. Uh, but most of them are affiliates for the uh, the general local major league clubs that you would expect, uh, but some might surprise you, actually. Um, so here they are, uh, the official new opponents for the Somerset Patriots in the Northeast Division of the Northeast League. Now, this is the division in which the Patriots will be located. Uh, you have the closest geographical team to the Patriots. That is the Reading Fightin' Phils, uh, of course, the affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, you also have the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, the affiliate of the New York Mets. And the only team this year in the Northeast League that the Patriots will not be playing, uh, reason being, scheduling's been a little weird with the COVID-19 pandemic and with Major League Baseball trying to limit travel uh, for all of the different teams in the league, uh, the way that the schedule just lined up this year, uh, unfortunately, the uh, the Patriots will not be playing Binghamton, but uh, you can anticipate that the two teams will play against each other uh, in 2022 and all years moving forward from there. Uh, other teams in the Northeast Division, the Hartford Yard Goats up in Hartford, Connecticut, they are the AA affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. So one of the teams that uh, has a major league club that isn't in the general Northeast area. Uh, you have the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, the AA affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays. They play up in Manchester, New Hampshire. And the Portland Sea Dogs, the AA affiliate of the Boston Red Sox up in Portland, Maine. Uh, as for the Southwest Division, uh, you have the Richmond Flying Squirrels. They're the affiliate of the San Francisco Giants, uh, the furthest team away in terms of major league clubs uh, for any team in the Northeast League, all the way on the other side of the country. Uh, also in the Southwest Division, you have the Bowie Bay Sox, the Baltimore Orioles affiliate, uh, the Harrisburg Senators affiliated with the Washington Nationals, uh, the Altoona Curve, who are affiliated with the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, the Erie Seawolves, an affiliate of the Detroit Tigers, and the Akron Rubber Ducks, uh, the affiliate of the Cleveland Indians. So those are the teams that the Patriots will be playing in the Northeast League moving forward. Again, Somerset will be placed in the Northeast Division, going up against uh, Reading, Binghamton, Hartford, New Hampshire, and Portland. And in 2021, the Patriots are one of only two teams in the league that will be playing uh, 10 different opponents, uh, the other one being Reading. Uh, there's a couple of teams, uh, specifically like 
Portland and New Hampshire that only uh, have five or six opponents that they're playing in the league this year just to try to limit uh, travel. So Somerset actually in a pretty good position uh, this year in regards to the schedule. I am curious to hear who some of you may think will ultimately turn into a rival of the Somerset Patriots. Uh, there's three pretty clear options to me that stand out. Uh, of course, you could go with the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, who are the New York Mets affiliate. So there's the Yankees-Mets connection there. Uh, you could go with the Reading Fightin' Phils, who are the closest geographical team uh, to the Patriots. So there's that proximity that could create a rivalry. Uh, and then you also have the Portland Sea Dogs. Uh, the Red Sox affiliate, so you have the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry uh, as well. So all of those three teams uh, to start could be options, uh, but there's also plenty of time to figure this out. Uh, and as teams begin to play each other more, rivalries begin to form a little bit more. Um, so we have plenty of time to figure that all out. And we'll dive deeper into each of these new teams uh, and sort of their backgrounds, their history, their broadcasters, all of that kind of stuff uh, in the coming weeks as well. So stay tuned uh, for that as we gear up for the season. All right. Well, that's uh, that's all we got for this week's episode. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. It is really nice. It is fun to be back. Uh, we'll have another episode of the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast uh, on 1450 WCTC next Thursday with the online pod dropping next Friday morning. Until then, my name is Mark Schwartz. Have a pleasant rest of your weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Each episode is aired on the Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC, and WCTCAM.com every Thursday night from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., with online versions made available on podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Please consider giving us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.